Hey friends, welcome to the Life with Chris and Tatum podcast, where each week we'll talk about practical and relevant topics to help you live a life of freedom and purpose. Thanks for joining us today. For more information, please visit lifefellowship.tv. And now let's tune in with Chris and Tatum. Well, hey, everybody, welcome to another amazing, exciting episode of Life with Chris and Tatum. Hey, guys. This voice is cracking over there. It's amazing, Life with Chris and Tatum. It's crack-a-lacking. Yes. Now, we're glad you guys are listening. Thanks again for joining in this week. We are excited to pick back up uh, the last few weeks we've been talking about success. Stabilizers, but tell people if... How they can like share this with their friends. Share this with your friends. <laughs> you can do that. You know, like rate and review us. Tell your friends and family. Send them the link. Only if the they're going to do a, like a nice high. Five Only star. if you really like yeah. us. If you don't like this, turn it off now <laughs> and don't send any comments <laughs> that are negative. Oh, we're having fun with y'all. Seriously, um, no, it does mean a lot when you um, spread the word because we hopefully bring you content that you're enjoying and um we always have fun with it we hope y'all are having fun so the way that we know you're enjoying is when you spread the word and rate or review us did that was that good honey that was good <laughs> i'm ready to jump in okay it's like oh, let's well i'm i'm ready for more people to jump in with us jump in with us y'all tell your tell your hey, friends hey that's one of the songs i can play on the on the piano what jump by, oh, Van, ha- by Van Halen he can bum, and bum, it's like boom boom Boom, 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 boom. That's when I'm glad we don't have a piano at home because you know like four songs and they would play the same ones over and over. It's kind of fun once every few years, honey, but not every day. Okay. Anyway. So y'all. we've been talking about success stabilizers and this has been so rich. It's been so good. Because if we do ev- so, Because everyone, so we want to see success in our life. We do, Yeah. Uh, and we want to see you become successful. And when that happens, yeah. if you're not careful, that success can make you weird. Well, it can you make you off. out of balance. Yeah, definitely. Because when you have success, people act stupid around you. They it's just start, they just applaud all the time. Like, oh, just you're, say you're yes, just everything incredible. is a good idea and everything you do is amazing. And we know that like it's really not. People just don't want to say it to your face. You're like the emperor without any clothes on. Please help us not be. But that that's that's true. Yeah. So I want to pick up here. This is the fifth one. And success produces isolation. This is true. So success separates. It's a fact. Uh, And it's not good to be isolated. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because when you're isolated, you become a target of the enemy. Yeah. You become someone that he can pick off in a very quick way. Mm -hmm. Think about like, who who do you know in your life that you consider to be a super successful person? And I'm not only talking like financially successful, but just you look at that person's life and they're like a picture of success to you. In my mind, I can see how those people that I think of that I know could live an isolated life in some ways, like how you have to fight against it because everyone thinks that you're so awesome that... The enemy is always looking for strategies. Yeah. People that are out there doing it. It's by like themselves. easy to yeah. It's like easy to become like non-relatable to other people when you feel when you're super successful. Anyway, so what is the stabilizer? 
The stabilizer is to have solid relationships. Okay, now this is big. This is huge because we all need community. Like we all need people who really so know us. I didn't just say relationships. I said solid, solid relationships. Yeah, not just like, oh. I'm friends with you on Facebook. Yeah, that's not real friends. Come on. Like, I mean. But we're moving to a culture where there's metaverse and there's, you have, you are. I can't even wrap my brain around that. I don't do, I don't. Help us, Jesus, with all this fake stuff that isn't real. But I know that is a thing. Bringing us back to being like stabilized in our success, we have to have solid relationships. You need real community. Um, listen, nobody has ever changed the world alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody. That's why Jesus sent people out two by two. That's why he says, hey, and when you see the last days happening, when you see the day approaching, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves mm-hmm, together mm-hmm. as such as the manner of some people have gotten in the habit of doing it. Yeah. The Bible yeah. says we, you know, I say it all the time that what I do, you cannot do. And what you do, I cannot do, but together with the Lord, together with him, we mm-hmm. can do what none of us could do by ourselves. Yeah. We have to have each other. There's not one of us that has the, the answer, the key. They like, Oh, I got it. I don't need anybody else. Like, yeah, success, we, it isolates, it, and it causes you to think that you're probably something that you're actually not, um, and that's why you don't have close relationships, because you begin to think, no one else can do it as good as me. I'm like, awesome. That's kind of the lie, I think, that that yeah, super it, highly successful people can easily tell themselves, but it's not true. You know, in uh, Rocky, he he said to Adrian, he said, yo, Adrian, he said, I got gaps and you got gaps and together together we we fill in each each other's gaps. gaps." Yeah. And the the truth is that every one of us, we have gaps in our lives. Yeah. And success makes you think that you don't have gaps. So you begin to isolate yourself thinking I can do this all by myself. The reality is, is that you have those gaps, but other people are the solution. Yeah. To the difficulties, to the uh, deficiencies that you have yeah. in your life right now. And, and we fight them. We put up walls because we're like, well, I've been hurt by people and I don't want anybody to get close to me anymore. I always say it like this in ministry, you got to have the heart of a teddy bear and the skin of a rhinoceros. That's the truth. Because people are going to hurt you. I've been yeah. hurt by people so many different times. Yeah. That yeah. doesn't mean I don't stop loving and, and stop opening my heart. It's worth it. Yeah, it is worth it. Just because you've had a heartbreak doesn't mean you're never like you should never love again because your heart's been broken. Like the love that you'll have is going to be worth the pain of the past. And doesn't mean that you won't have pain again in the future, but it's we have to have solid relationships um, and be like someone has to know <laughs> the real you. Yeah, every, e- try to do everything in your power to bring down that success gap. Try to do everything in your power to remove isolation so that you can be real with some close, uh, mm-hmm. close, a close community of, of friends. In fact, here's some things that I do, okay? Number one, I try to laugh at myself a lot. I try. <laughs> and, and Tatum I help helps you. me out. <laughs> She completed my sentence. Babe, I knew you were going to say that. Uh-huh. If you didn't, I was going to say it. Okay. I help you. We have to laugh. We both love to laugh, but yeah. yeah. How about this? Live an unforgettable life. 
you do that well, honey. Meaning. How many people live predictable, safe, yeah, boring, mundane lives? Many, most. So you're isolated most. and you're safe, but you've you've stopped. You're not having fun. You're not having fun. You're not connecting with other people. It's just live an unforgettable life. In fact, I almost want to make that the theme of this podcast today. Live an unforgettable life. Yeah. So would you classify your life as unforgettable? Or would you just classify it as? Regular, normal. Mundane. I think personally, we live an unforgettable life. It's like a crazy adventure that I know if Jesus doesn't come through, like we're going to bite the dust (laughs) every time because we just are only here because he put us here. And Lord, we need you to keep doing this or it's, we can't do it without you. So that feels unforgettable because we're so dependent on the Lord. It's not because of us. So listen, your life doesn't need to be boring. Be intentional on creating um, unforgettable moments with people that you know and love. Yeah. So step out, do it. Uh, one is when I went skydiving with uh, this deal at the church. Yes, you did. We did a whole podcast on this, but I didn't do it by myself. I actually called up uh, some people in the church and they actually told me, they're like, I said, hey, you want to come skydiving with me? And they said, are you out of your mind? I was one of them. I was like, no, babe, I don't. I said, come on, Tatum, let's I go. I love you. I'm going to stand right here on I the called, I called planet a couple Earth others. I said, hey, you want to go skydiving? And they're like, no. And but you had I, a friend who went. And I, had, I finally had somebody that said, yeah, yeah. I'd love, thank you. I've been wanting to, to, to try to do this, you know. <laughs> and uh, we had the best time. You made a memory that was unforgettable in your... We, building a solid relationships. Yeah. It is risky not to take risks. You have to step out. Do it afraid. Do Listen, do it afraid. Live an unforgettable life. You know, um, we just we just came back from a trip to uh, South Asia. Yep. You did. Do you know how... Um, <laughs> risky? Risky it is to be in in these nations as a yeah. believer preaching. Yeah, I know. Like they will arrest you, throw you in prison, mm-hmm. and they can hold you for for some time. You know, until the embassy gets involved and all kinds of other things. When I was in Bangladesh, that nation only one third of one percent. Mm-hmm. That's point three three percent of the entire nation of one hundred sixty million people are mm. are Christian. Yeah. So everybody in power is all Muslim. So, and, and what's a Muslim's viewpoint on Christianity? Not a very pleasant one. And so that, like, that's, that's risky. But I took some friends with me. Yeah. And we had an unfor- we, unforgettable time. God, God flowed. He used. And you're doing it like in relationship with other, just coming back to like our point here of stabilizing success by like building solid relationships and not just being a lone ranger that is doing life, doing ministry, doing anything just alone. Think about this. Jesus could have done that. He could have been, he's the son of God. Yeah. He could have done ministry. He could have come and built a ministry, just him, just, but no, what did he do? He picked 12 close friends. And thousands, of course, that followed him. Millions now when you look at billions, the church yeah. globally. But yeah, he did it with people. He didn't come and I'm the savior of the world. Like, I don't need your help. 
No, he empowered other people. He encouraged them to take risk with him, to follow me, to do this with me. I love it. You know, a lot of times when you isolate yourself, um, it almost has this uh, attitude of that I'm better than other people. And that's what success does. It isolates you. Mm -hmm. it, It removes you. And the reality is, is that we all struggle, we all fail, we all go through temptations, we all go through yeah. uh, the Hurt, challenges all... of, of life, mm-hmm. and we need mm-hmm. each other. We got to do it. In fact, um, I, <coughs> I believe that we need to create a personal definition of success uh, and an outward definition of success. So my success goal is that the people closest to me who know me the best, love and respect me the most. Yeah, I love that definition of success because I think it's obviously so different than what the world views success with money and power and what you drive and what you look like and what you, whatever, all of these materialistic and outward. But the beauty of like wanting and striving for people who genuinely know you the best to really love and respect you. Yeah, and that's, that's the like, opposite of so many people. A lot of people have great success, and the people yeah, that know them the best like, don't like them. Don't want to be with them. Don't. That's not That's not success that's, to me. No, it's not. I'd rather have nothing, 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 and yet know that the people that know me the best love me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. rather than the opposite. In fact, there's something really wrong with you as a person if the people who don't know you like you more than the people that do. Yeah. So ask yourself that question today. I think it's a good one for all of us to like honestly answer. Does my does my family, do my children, do my parents, does my spouse, does like the people who I work with every day, they know me really well. Do I care about how they feel? Like do they love me and respect me because they know me so well? Or am I are you not concerned with what exactly. they think because you want the appearance of something different. I don't gauge my success on if people like me. Mm-hmm. I gauge my success on the people that know me the best. Yeah. Do they love me? You need- I love you, so- baby. And I love you too. We need solid relationships. It says yeah. in Ecclesiastes uh, chapter four, verse 12, it says a person standing alone is going to be attacked and they're going to be defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three, which, hey, everyone, that, that's a life group, are even better. Mm-hmm. For a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. So here's what's going to happen. If you get around godly people, God is going to make sure that, that not all of you are going to have a bad day at the same time. And what you're going to discover is that when you're having a bad day, mm-hmm. those people will come alongside you and say, I got your back. Yeah. And when the roles change, you're going to be there to have their back. We need that. And I really want to encourage you to do this. Not to isolate, because the fact is, bad days are coming your way, and and you're going to need that. Here's the sixth one. Success produces entitlement. So entitlement says this, I deserve that. Hmm. I deserve that recognition. I deserve that whatever. I I deserve that special seat. Um, I deserve that office. Yeah. I deserve. I, I deserve whatever. Like you should just give it to me. Take care of me. Yeah. Notice me. It's like entitlement makes me want to gag. <laughs> and there's a difference between deserve and serve. Yeah. 
big difference. So what's the stabilizer? The, the stabilizer is gratitude. So meaning if you think that you deserve it, you're not grateful. If you think like I should get this because I'm whatever, the pastor's wife, I should have this. Like then I'm not being grateful. I'm just being prideful. Like I A proud person is never grateful. Yeah. And uh the truth is that everything that you have in life, everything you have in life, it's only there because somebody else has got you there. Somebody so else true. has produced something. You're never a self-made man. You're never a self-made woman. It, it says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so much about success. When we have a grateful attitude in our approach to looking at like why we're successful or why we are where we are, why we are the person that that we are has to do with somebody else helping us to get there. Do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. maybe you were raised by incredible parents who gave you a powerful example of strong leadership or a great marriage, or you, you had a parent who taught you a lot and poured a lot into you and spent time on focusing you educationally or paid for you to go to college. Like there's so many reasons to look back Think and about reflect Memorial Day. on. We like, just celebrated these men and women that have yeah. given their lives so we have freedom. Yeah, yeah. And when we're not full of gratefulness for that. Yeah. And when we have the entitlement like, oh, I we deserve this because like. Because, because I live in America. No, yeah. there's only one reason. It's because somebody else <laughs> gave their life. We deserve it because, yeah, we don't deserve it. It's like someone, someone sacrificed everything so that we can have the freedom to live in this great land. Yeah. And, and that comes back to this idea that you're never a self-made person. Somebody else did something that laid the Pay, ground for paid you. Paid away, yeah, for you to get to where you are. You know, people we, that walk into our church now, you know, if they, whenever, th there are people that came before them yeah. That that gave, that served, yeah. that uh, sacrificed yes. so that we could keep making steps forward. Yep, 100%. You know, every year um, I try to do something that is uh, that keeps me grateful for my past and what I've gone through. So I remember that I was, uh, I remember I got asked to go and, and speak at a, a little Korean church here in Dallas. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there was maybe 10, 20, 30 people that, that were there at, at the church and they asked me to come on in and, and, and speak to them. And honestly, it was something that was, um, that I didn't feel like I necessarily had to do this. It was something that I just felt like it would be a good thing to do because it always reminds me of my roots of when I first came to the church and, and began to pastor here. And so I, I said yes. And I remember I went and spoke to that, that congregation. And man, they, they lit up uh, <laughs> when I spoke. And I know that I'm a little bit different. Uh, <laughs> Culturally, maybe. Culturally, from I'm a little bit more um, charismatic, and I've got a lot more passion. Uh, the 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 Asian people the, the, are very um, regimented, very disciplined, incredible followers of Christ. And I remember when I finished up, one of the ladies there, she gave me a little vase, 
Mm-hmm. And we still have it in our home today. Yeah, we do. And it's this beautiful little vase. You might think nothing of it, but it always reminds me back to that moment that day to that I went out of my way to do something that maybe some people would look and go, oh, that, that's, that's a little bit beneath you to go to, to, go to a church of that size and, and go and, and speak. But what it reminds me of is my roots and reminds me of uh, valuing no matter, uh, it doesn't matter the size, it doesn't matter any yeah. of that, that I'm going to be a person of gratefulness and not a person of entitlement that, mm-hmm. well, no, I deserve this and I deserve that. And I, I, I just think it's so, so absolutely important that we have that in all, in all of our lives. If Listen, if you don't keep in touch with your past, you can't press forward into your future. Hmm. It's a little bit about remembering like where you came from when you say it like that, which is, it's kind of like how, who we are today is because of the experiences of where we came from or looking back to like, who you were, what small town you grew up in, what sort of family life you had, and all of that shaped us, right? You have to stay in touch with You have to, yeah, you have to stay connected and remembering like, wow, I If you get tired of touching people and helping people, go be an auditor. Go go close yourself into a room by yourself. (laughs) Tell them, babe. Yeah. And people need encouragement. If somebody is breathing, they need encouragement. Yes. <laughs> yes, they do. You know, I made that statement when I was in India and the translator <laughs> translated it wrong. I was hoping you would tell the story real quick. I was t- talking to a bunch of pastors and the way that they do it in India is that the men sit on one side and all the women are on the other side. Yeah. In the service, they don't sit so together. I said, if if somebody needs... Is breathing. Is, if somebody is breathing, they need, they need encouragement. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And then I said, and you ladies do an amazing job at that, because I pointed out the ladies. Well, here's how the guy translated. He said, if you're bleeding, <laughs> you need encouragement. <laughs> and, and you, you ladies, ladies do a great so job at that. that. Oh, no. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Everyone kind of looked at me strange. They're like, why is he saying if we're bleeding? We need... And he's then like all the women? That's so bad. It's as bad as it can get. Yeah. But that, that's, that's how a it got fail translated. In a translator. And guess now the, what? Now the pastor of the church in India is the biggest church in India. He can speak English, and uh, he was like going, "Oh, oh my!" He goodness. heard it being interpreted wrong, but Chris had no idea. So I just kept going. He I'm just like, keeps Ugh. preaching because like, he doesn't. Amen, know what everybody. They're, <laughs> they're like, "Why?" They're like, "Amen." <laughs> if we're pleading. <laughs> oh well. Okay. Uh, okay, number seven <laughs> of success stabilizers. Success produces stuff. Produces stuff. Listen, we in a true, we all got more stuff than we know what yes. to do with. We all can like clean out our closet, clean out the attic, clean out the garage because there's just extra stuff that we don't need. There's Everyone just, that moves, I've heard them say it a hundred times. How do we get all this stuff? Where did all this stuff Where did come, it come from? from? Yeah, yeah. Because success brings stuff. It does. And the reality is, is that if <laughs> if I want to go buy more stuff, yeah. I can go get what People I want. People can buy more stuff. And if you're you listening, you can, yeah. you can go get more stuff. So what's the success stabilizer to, to the stuff? It's understanding that there's only one thing that counts, and it's souls. Yeah. That's the stabilizer to stuff. It's the only thing that matters. Yeah. The only thing. Um, you know, 
I think that's a lot of times we can for, we can forget the great commission that the Lord had has given us. We be, we become so consumed with I you know like t- building our own little empire and getting stuff and just you know I've I've heard this that Americans spend more money on chewing gum than we do missions every year. Unbelievable. I've heard that our garbage disposal eats better than two-thirds of the world's population. And I just saw that mm. when I was in South Asia. Your garbage disposal eats better than two-thirds of the world's population if you live in America. Unbelievable. We have more stuff and we spend it on ourselves and we forget the Great Commission. Go. Yeah, go into all the world, right? Preach the gospel, win the lost. Reach the people. You know, if you become somebody that is a soul winner and you become passionate about it, God will God will bless you because now you've touched somebody that that hits his. Uh, you become someone that matches his heart. Do you know that Coca Cola? So listen to this. Coca Cola is just over a hundred years old as far as the company when they launched. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think it's like 119 years or 118 years old. Do you know that right now in the world, 92% of people have heard of Coke? 92%. Yeah, I believe it. And it's somewhere around 79 or 80% of the world has tasted Coke. Coca-Cola, yeah. That's 119 years. Okay, let's just say, let's just say it's 125 years, okay? Okay. The gospel has been around. Here we go. Over 2,000 years. Yeah. 2,000. And right now, only 50% of the world has had mm-hmm. an adequate presentation of the gospel. So Coca-Cola, who is motivated by a drink, profits, like, by yeah. profits, making money, has done a better job at sharing the message of Coke than Christians have at sharing the message of How Jesus. How is that even possible? It's such a sad statement. It's a sad truth. It's not just a statement. It's the truth. How? 2,000 years. I mean, there, there's, I think that there's a lot of reasons why, yeah. why that's the case, but by and large, I think we get so focused on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then, then a pastor or myself, I get up and I'm like, hey, let's go reach a nation for the gospel, and I'm going to need you to help us fund this. Yeah. Because ta- let's be honest, it takes money yeah, it does. to build buildings and to... to buy the technology to put things out Mm -hmm. and you know you have to buy transportation and you know these missionaries that are living there they're not just they're free yeah i know they have families they gotta have a house and and a car and and they gotta eat you gotta you know provide uh, a salary (laughs) salary and medical uh insurance and you know how are they saving for their just all this kind of stuff what it takes to to reach the Mm -hmm. gospel to send people out yeah and uh now, thank God that this doesn't happen here at Life Fellowship, by and large. But a lot of people start going, "Well, I get really. You just want the church just wants my money." And the reality is, is that yeah. I just want to see souls saved. Yeah. Because we have more. St- we we spend more on chewing gum. That tells the generosity of the people of America. It's terrible. It's so heartbreaking. And half of the world has never even. Had an adequate presentation of the gospel. Yeah, I know where Nash was at. Just going back to your trip, because um, 
he was just telling me he was him and uh and Pastor Stefan were in some uh part of the slums where they were visiting people who were like the poorest of the poor. And that um, they were with a pastor there in his house, and they were preaching to... A, the house was packed full. It was like a little one-room house. They had 80 people show up. They had 80 people come. And the pastor said, you can tell any story, like from the Bible, like any story, because most of them have never heard. Like they won't even know. And they're not literate because they're not allowed to go to school or have an education because of their caste. They're a low caste. Mm-hmm. So all this to say, like, they're telling a a story, like a Bible story to reach these people for the lost, to share hope with them because they don't even, they haven't been reached. Like half of the world doesn't even know. They've never even heard. They've never even heard. And we're so caught up in like, what else can I get for myself or buy for my family or my kids? Need and I'm guilty this. of it. We all do. Like, yeah. yeah, I want new this or I want that. And like, God help us and you know, forgive us. a great us. strategy, there's uh, a number of people in our church, what they do is this. Every year, they increase their giving by 1%. Yeah. So they start with a tithe. Yep. And, and then they, they add 1%. They yeah. add another percent. Every year, they add 1%. Yep. So we've got people in our church that are up to 20, 25% of their, of their income that they're giving to the work of God. Yes, because we see the prize is the souls. It's not how much more stuff we can acquire, but it's how many people can we reach. Because success will give you all... But here's the reality. All that stuff is going to burn up. Yeah. Our stuff won't last, but yeah, souls we get to see in heaven for eternity. You can't keep it, but you can send it on ahead. Yeah. You can send it on ahead to eternity. And so I would just encourage you, be a person... You know, you and I do that. You know, when we we do two special offerings a year here at at the church... And, and we'll give generously towards mm-hmm. those. So we honor God with the tithe, but these special offerings we use to do missions and to advance the kingdom. And, yep. um, and so we'll give generously into those. And then we even do that throughout the year. Yeah. You know, so there'll be seasons that I'm just like, you know, we're just gonna, I'm just gonna give this extra amount that God can use. And we try to be as generous. So I'll say it like this. We are, uh, we are frugal with our own personal stuff. Yeah. We try to be very generous with the things of God. Amen. Because what is the, what does the stuff matter? It, yeah, it's going to all get burned up. Yeah. All right. Here's the last one. Everybody, don't just get stuff. And there's nothing wrong with having. Let me just balance this out. Nothing wrong with having stuff. There's not. That's not. What you we're just saying. don't want the stuff to have you. Yeah. Be, be think bigger. Th- think longer. Have a bigger mindset. Think more like God. We've got we've got to do better. We've got to do better. We we have to do better than just reach fifty percent of the world. Yeah, I think I think everything that the Lord did, He He deserves our. Yeah, we have to go. And all you in. know, it can start small. It doesn't just have to start. Just practically speaking, here with you jumping into this large percentage or this what you would consider like, wow, um, this is gonna break break my the bank, like. It can start small and in small, like God can work with that. Just start being obedient in the things that he asks you to give. And I'm just saying this, encountering like the the stabilizer of getting stuff and then reaching people. I think we can do it in a way that you just begin like one step of obedience at a time. And I think we as parents, I know a lot of you are listening or moms and dads who are raising kids at home, you can counter that 
desire that all of our kids have, all of us have, to to get more stuff by teaching them at an early age what it means to give to others, what it means to share, what it means to, hey, we're going to clean out your toy room today. And if you haven't played with this in the last like six months, we're going to make a donation pile and we're going to find somebody who doesn't have any toys and we're going to give them your toys and teach them how to get excited about giving rather than just consuming. I think it's a responsibility we all have as believers and we can do it and train our kids to do it early on. All right. Here's the last one. Success produces a finish line. So when you're successful, you get a finish line. But the stabilizer to Mm -hmm. a finish line is not having a finish line. So for some people, there's a finish line, and other people, there's not a finish line. And if you have a finish line, it's self-imposed. So listen, listen. Here's the challenge of a finish line. When you cross it, Mm -hmm. you're finished. Mm -hmm. You're done. So what do you do when you cross the finish line? And that's where people check out. They're like, well. Yeah, they just begin to live a life that doesn't really have meaning because you think, oh, I did everything I needed to do. I'm done. Now I'm finished. Now I have nothing else to contribute to the world <laughs> or society or my family or whatever. Like, yeah. I know that for us personally, as, as a husband and wife, you know, we're in ministry. We have no finish line. Yeah. We are going to die stretching for the ultimate goal of that moment that we walk in, in into heaven. Yeah. So if you have a finish line, you're going to die shrinking. I always believe that my greatest days are yet ahead. Yeah. I don't ever believe, well, my best days were in the past. I think that's like, of course, that stretches most people's like mindset because it seems so countercultural to think like, oh, my prime is whatever age you want to fill in the gap. But I think as believers, it goes, it's in sync with what like, with who God is, you still can have your best days ahead. The Lord still can do anything in you and through you. And I think his desire is to, even as you age, even as you grow, even as you get old, it's yeah. exciting. I, I I really do. I believe that my best days are yet ahead. I believe our best days together in ministry are ahead. I believe God's going to do more in, you know, in these next couple of years than he's done in the previous decades combined. Yeah. And we're seeing that. And after we experience that, I believe God's going to do even better. Yeah. He's going to keep growing us and stretching us, and there is no finish line. I think that's, that is the stabilizer to everyone that has a finish line. You know, 2 Timothy 4, 7, Paul said, I fought the good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Yeah. So you have to fight to the end. You think about Jesus. Yeah. He crossed the finish line at the end. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like you set a deadline on a certain year I'm going to like quit and then check living out. or okay. yeah, retire and not ever do anything that contributes to yeah. future. <laughs> we we got to just keep on pushing forward. So I would just encourage you to take these stabilizers, put them in your life, because success will get weird. You'll, you'll get weird. God's promised you success. He will advance you. And when he does, just keep these in your mind and your heart and know that you're going to be somebody that God's going to use. His hand is upon you in a massive, mighty way. And so just believe that your best days are yet ahead. Well, everybody, this has been a great, great time. Uh, we'll, we'll see you back next week. We will. Thanks again for listening. All right. God bless. Bye-bye.